Well, the Dallas Cowboys were punched in the mouth by the Arizona Cardinals. And tonight, we'll break down the game and we'll talk about the two painfully obvious problems moving forward that were made evident on Sunday's first loss of the season. Here we go. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, do me a favor and hit the like button for me here on the show every thumbs up puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. Man, Sunday did not go as we expected it to. The Cowboys entered week three as 12.5 favorites over the Arizona Cardinals. And then things started getting a little bit shady during the weekend because by the end of the week, we were worrying about Trevon Vicks' injury. We were low-key worried about... Tyler Viadish potentially missing the game. We knew that Tyler Smith was about to make his return, but then we started wondering, hey, is ankle, the ankle for Zach Martin a big enough deal for him to actually miss the ball game? And then on Saturday, boom, Tyron Smith added to the injury report. And then you get to Sunday, reports emerge on both Biadish and Zach Martin being inactive for the game. So we think, hey, at least we've got Tyron. And then it turns out that Tyron is not playing. He just suited up, but he wasn't playing. And it, it was a weird, weird vibe entering the game. But still, the Cowboys remained 11-point favorites by the time the game started. And they did not look like any of that. And tonight, we'll break down whether... We should be overreacting to it or not, or you know what exactly went down on Sunday. Because there are some issues that maybe we're not going to be super, super worried about. But there are two painfully obvious concerns that are not going away, likely, even after week three. So let's break it down. First and foremost, let me ask you in the chat, what is or what was the biggest problem on Sunday when the Cowboys were unable to beat the 0-2 Arizona Cardinals, now 1-2, one of the teams favored to be the number one overall pick in next year's NFL draft. What was the biggest problem of the game for you? Let me know in the chat. In the meantime, let me say hi really quickly. We've got Toxic Tom. We've got Toxic Joey Vela. We've got Johnny, who says defense. Larry, who says 16 points is the biggest problem. Lance says cannot stop the run. Katharina goes with the red zone. Dexter Williams says QB me now and play caller me immediately. Parsons got held the entire night. Let's see here. Last week, Cowboys were inside 10 to 7 times, came up with five field goals, says Roland. Defense run game besides Hankins. Penalties for Gregory. I think I think I agree with some of the answers so far. And I'll start with the run defense for the Cowboys. Because we knew it was 
somewhat of a concern last year. And, you know, Dallas is still ranked among the top defenses in uh, versus the run in several metrics. But we still knew that was kind of like the weak point of the Cowboys and Dan Quinn's defense. And Dallas brought in Massey Smith, but we knew he was a player that would take some time. Uh, 26th overall pick at one position where it's difficult to really transition into the NFL. So we knew that Massey was going to take time, but we knew that Jonathan Hankins actually did a good job for Dallas after they traded for him last year. So there was some hope just overall that the Cowboys' run defense would improve. Two weeks into the season, we had not seen a game where opponents could tee off versus the rushing defense of the Cowboys because they were trailing pretty much immediately. Uh, the Giants were trailing right away after they blocked the field goal that the Cowboys returned for a touchdown. Versus the Jets, we saw the, the offense open the game with a 12th place scoring drive. So the Jets were immediately behind on the scoreboard. That wasn't the case on Sunday versus the Arizona Cardinals. It just wasn't. And these numbers, these rushing numbers from the first half by Arizona are absolutely unacceptable. And I'm going to start with the ones that were just for halftime. These are the numbers at halftime. 16 rushes. 882 yards. That's an 11.4 average in just the first half. That is crazy. You look at the 10 longest plays for the Cardinals, and you've got Moore's left tackle run for 45 yards, Joshua Dubs' 44-yard rush, Connor's 26-yard rush, and then you've got another rush for 20 yards. So that is five rushes for the Cardinals that went for at least 20 yards. The Cowboys had four such plays, three of, where, uh, of which were in the passing game. So it's just absolutely unacceptable what the Cowboys did versus the run. And it seemed like it wasn't even that they were necessarily missing their tackles. It was like they were missing their gaps. It felt like the Cowboys defense was pretty undisciplined in that, in that sense versus the Cardinals, they were comfortably running the football at them and they were doing so against every angle of the Cowboys defense. So it wasn't like they found a weak spot on the left side. They were doing it pretty much every single way that they thought of. They were being productive in the run game. And the Cowboys were never able to really pin their ears back and rush the passer because they never let on this football game. They, they were always trailing. They never really cut down on that deficit. Even in the first half, they were down by 11 points. So it was kind of like a punch in the mouth because you enter this game and maybe you understand when they target De'Ron Bland right away in the first quarter because you know that, hey, that's where Trevon Diggs was supposed to be until Thursday. So maybe the Cowboys haven't fully adapted there. Uh, maybe De'Ron Bland is going to take some time to really transition to the boundary. But no. Uh, Bland, there were some couple of run plays where they kind of exploited the fact that Bland was out there instead of Trayvon. But it's not like the Cowboys were missing Micah or Oza or even one of the starting linebackers. Mon Clark was subbed out here and there with an injury, but he later returned in the game. And the Cardinals were still able to rush just how they wanted to rush. Finished the day with a 7.4 average pounding the rock for context 
Tony Pollard's 5.3 average was good. So when you talk about 7.4 with the running back going for seven yards in average, that is crazy. It's not like they were just having a high average because they had a a 50-yard gainer from the QB or something like that. They had 14 rushes from James Conner, and he averaged seven uh, yards per run. And the longest rush that he had was for just 26 yards. So it wasn't like the numbers were super skewed just because of one big play or anything like that. Now you enter this conversation where you're like, okay, how much did the Cowboys run defense really improved? Because we knew it was an issue coming into the year. We knew that that was the intention for the Cowboys. That's what they wanted to fix. But man, man, not Arizona was not supposed to look like this versus your defensive front. It just was not supposed to be the case. And Mike McCarthy has talked about it in the offseason. He said, like, hey, teams are going to try to run the football at us as for as long as they can. So the question right now is, if the Cowboys do not gain that early lead in football games, can they survive the run? And I would say even teams that fall behind underscoreboard are better off just running the football. And we saw, I think it was versus the Lions last year, when the Cowboys got up to an early lead, and yet the Lions were still running the football and running the football because they knew that, hey, this is the best shot to beat this Cowboys defense. Because you're not going to beat the Cowboys defense just dropping back and throwing the football. Now, that being said, what's even more frustrating is that these guys had a 69-yard pass completion in the game. Stephon Gilmore was beaten by Marquise Brown also near the goal line for the touchdown in man coverage. And it wasn't like Gilmore was right there on top of him. So for some reason, the Cowboys defense was just not up to it today. Uh, some credit to the Cardinals for really coming in with a strong set of scripted plays for the early lead because they were able to generate a lot of explosives right away. Now, on the other side of the football, and of course we'll get into the penalties as well, which were super frustrating, 13 of them, 10 by halftime, which is just insane. I think that on the Fox broadcast, they said that that was a higher, the highest number of any team, I think in like yeah, for a first half in like years and years and years, and the most for a half on the Mike McCarthy era in Dallas. So it was a large number of penalties for the Cowboys. Now, on offense, on offense, things were not great either for a lot of reasons. But mostly is what went on in the red zone. After the Jets game, we gave them a pass. We said, hey, you know, the Cowboys struggled to convert these successful, efficient drives into touchdowns. But the Jets have a very good defense. And then against the Cardinals, you go one for five inside the 20-yard line. And I'm not even sure. Obviously, the offensive line injuries are uh, uh, a factor. But I also think there were other issues at play there for the Cowboys. And that's what's even more frustrating. There were penalties. There were some plays where it didn't seem like the wide receivers were generating any sort of pressure. 
drops from tight ends were back, by the way. The Dak Prescott interception was an ugly decision, an ugly throw. Let's say it like it is. I know that Dak Prescott will be a big talking point for this entire week, as is usually the case when the Cowboys lose a game. But even though he wasn't the reason why you got the Cowboys lost, I mean, that throw in specific, the one that sealed the whole deal, was a bad decision, and it was a bad throw, at least based on the TV copy. I'm not going to say that there was a wide-open target in the end zone because there wasn't. I don't know what else that could have done, but that was a bad throw. You at least could have seen fourth down and see what happened in that uh, situation. A lot of weird stuff went on. There was a CD lamp play. I'm so weirded out by that still because I didn't catch it when the play actually happened. I catched it. Uh, I caught it once the replay came on. But we were calling for the defensive pass interference in the end zone when Dak targeted CD in the corner. And then the replay basically shows CD calling for a flag while the football is still there. Like, he could have fought for the ball. I don't know if it would have been a catch because I don't know exactly what the angle shows and what the reality is right from that camera angle that they showed us on the TV broadcast. But didn't that seem like CD was calling for the flag instead of fighting for the football? And I'm not against calling for a flag. Just do it maybe after the play's over. And man, you don't want to pile on CD because he's easily the best wide out in Dallas and, and he's being a legit number one wide receiver and he's showing some good stuff so far. But that play was weird, wasn't it? Let me know in the chat. Was it weird or was it not weird? Am I missing something? Did City quit on that play or was he just distracted? What was up with that? Because I cannot get that out of my mind. And it was wildly frustrating because, because City is not supposed to be the guy that really misses out on that opportunity. Because I think he could have made the catch, honestly. I, I still think that. Uh, the old 22 might show something different, but that was definitely one of the weirdest and most frustrating moments of the entire game. Lance says, CD gave up. CD gave up. Um, Danny says, Lamp, the GOAT, quit on the route. Uh, it looked like CD says, Tuffy didn't even try to catch the ball in the end zone. It was so weird. Toxic Tom says, Lance straight up gave up. I'm, I'm very glad that I'm not alone on this one because it was so weird. And I, I love that Toxic Tom is bringing this up because I always struggle with it. I'll, I'll say it right now. I always struggle with the idea that a team comes out and is just soft for a game or that they are overly confident or that they are this and that and the other because most of the time, all of those feel like pseudo explanations for the fact that they just got outplayed, period. And we're trying to make it about attitude and we're trying to make it about confidence and all that. And I struggle with that a lot of the time. However, I do agree that it was one of those games where they got punched in the mouth. And I hate it, but they were out physical in the trenches by an Arizona offensive line that shouldn't have out physical them. And 
I feel like this has happened in previous seasons. I feel like when the Cowboys have had rough games, it's been the other team being stronger than them in the trenches and just coming out with a physical attitude that the Cowboys are lacking for some reason. And just overall nastiness, as Dallas said, when they drafted Tyler Smith in the first round a couple of years ago. And I mention it because, I don't know, I, I would have much rather lost a game where the Cowboys had like three turnovers. They only had one in this game and zero takeaways. Like if you're losing a plus three turnover game, that's an ugly loss. But it's also kind of random because turnovers have some level of randomness to them in the NFL. I would much rather lose a game like that than allowing 7.4 yards per carry, allowing a 69-yard play from Joshua Dobbs and the Cardinals, and just looking completely lost in the trenches. Again, though, again... I am not making an excuse for them or anything like that. But Chumai Dog was playing left tackle. Brock Hoffman was playing center. And you had TJ Voss playing right guard. So let's take it with that grain of salt. The fact that, hey, you know what? The Cowboys simply did not have their guys up front. Because that matters. And again, I'm not going to make an excuse for it. Because even with them, they should have won this game. But I would much rather, again, lose a turnover game, like plus three or minus three turnover differential, than have a 13 penalty game, which is absolutely ridiculous. And by the way, one of the guys making the penalties is Terrence Steele, one of your two starters that you had at hand on the offensive line. Because that's even more frustrating. Like if it's Brock Hoffman, Messing up the snap. Okay. Give him a pass. But it's Terrence Steele getting flagged for these plays. And it's C.V. Lamb getting called for an OPI that I know it's controversial. But hey, it's arms fully extended. It's going to get called sometimes. Got to live with it, right? Got to live with it. So it's those guys getting flagged. You had the delay of game that I know some people are going to put on the center. But I also think, and, and you know, but I like Dak Prescott. I'm not going to say that, hey, he is the reason why the Cowboys lost and, or anything like that. But I think that the delay of game we saw on Dak, it's got to be. He's way too chill at, at the under center when the clock's already at five seconds. And he's taking his time. He's taking it easy. So it's even that. Like the flags are from your top guys in many of these situations. By the way, on the Micah Parsons sack, Sam Williams probably should have gotten an offsides call when uh, near the end of the game when Micah gets the sack and it seems like the Cowboys might be back on this game. But Micah gets the sack on a play where Sam Williams basically jumps offsides. And that wasn't called, fortunately. But even that is a showing of the fact that this was just an ugly game overall for Dallas. Now... I got to say something about the play calling in the red zone. I have my doubts about it. The Cowboys felt like they were insisting on the run. Uh, I didn't like the trick play where they were pitching the football to C.D. Lamb. 
I feel like either run with Dak or Pollard or do something more traditional in the run game or let Dak Prescott throw the football when he was dealing in that particular drive and, and then in the following drive before the interception. So I, I just don't like the idea of just pitching it to City like that. It was weird. I didn't like it. There were a whole lot of dives, con- like consecutive dive plays where you've been talking about big game about the outside zone and everything like that. It just felt like the Cowboys were not in it in the red zone, and it's frustrating because now it's become a trend. I believe right now they are 27th in the NFL in red zone efficiency when they were number one in the league last year. And the personnel has not changed a whole lot. It changed the tight end. And obviously, the offensive line was very banged up today. But wide receiver-wise, you're probably better off than you were last year. And the Cowboys are still not getting the football into the end zone, even against the Cardinals. Because when you look at the plays, and you, hey, people might want to talk uh, a big game about Dak Prescott making an errant throw and an errant decision at the end of the game. But you tell me what was the alternative there. I'm not defending the interception. I'm just saying I don't know that there was an answer in that particular play because everything looked covered up, which was a story for most of the game too. The, the one play where he is kind of thinking about scrambling and then forces the football into the end zone, there's also nothing going on the back end. There's not a wide open Brandon Cooks, and not even wide open, open, just open. There's not a lot of options in the back end for Dak Prescott to choose from. So it felt like either he played superhero and tucked in the football and rushed. And I don't know if he would have made the first downs in those particular instances or the touchdown in the later drive. But there wasn't a whole lot else going on in the back end and the Cowboys didn't have an answer for any of that and it was wild that they didn't against again the Arizona Cardinals and one of the youngest coaching staffs in the league and Mike McCarthy Brian Schottenheimer and company did not have those change-ups and those answers and that frustrated me now I will be fair and I'll say there was one drive where we saw the Mike McCarthy that we wanted to see. The, the, the Mike McCarthy that we thought, hey, the Cowboys made this change and they made it for this type of adjustments. And I'm, I'm talking about the 13-play drive in the second quarter, which was good for 75 yards, ended in a touchdown. Dak was getting pressured throughout the game without three of the starting offensive linemen. There was not a whole lot of going for the offense. And then in that drive, we see an empty formation, which is ironically, because you're getting just five blockers for your QB, it is ironically one way to change up the protection and really help the quarterback because you're giving him more options in the passing game. You're spreading the defense around. So the Cowboys show empty formation, and it's a positive play. And then the Cowboys show a play where they move the pocket, they move Dak Prescott's launch point, and they're giving him more time. We saw play action with pulling linemen. So not just a play action of a zone concept, but of a gap concept, which makes it even trickier for the defense. And we see that. And we see Michael Gallup getting a smoke screen, uh, just allowing him to win yards after the catch. 
we see the Cowboys come up with answers in that drive. And I actually thought, man, these drive. And, and by the way, they overcame like two penalty flags that could have been drive killers in that same drive. That sequence to me was like, the Cowboys are back. They're, they're going to settle down. They're going to punch this in. And then it's going to be fine. The Cowboys are going to win this ball game. Rough start. It's going to be in the rearview mirror. I was very excited about that Mike McCarthy play. Uh, drive, excuse me. And I was like, man, on, when we get here on 8, 8 p.m. at on prime time, we're going to talk about that drive. And then it basically was an isolated possession because after that, we started seeing the struggles again. And oh, it was, oh, it sucked. It sucked. Let's see here. Some of your comments. Lance says, Mike McCarthy was playing the clock for the defense, but they still couldn't stop Arizona. Let's see here. Uh, Katharina on Facebook says, Mo, everyone blames Prescott for everything. It could be the defense and it's our QB fault. Prescott has one bad throw and the whole game is his fault. And I'll agree with that. I'll agree with Katharina on here. Like if you finished watching this game, and your takeaway is, yeah, we lost the game where Dak Prescott was playing behind two starting offensive linemen when Dak Prescott was looking at wideouts that were struggling to generate separation and the game where the defense allowed 10-plus yards per rush attempt in the first half and didn't get a single stop until the third quarter, the game is on Dak. You're probably doing something wrong in these football evaluation game, right? I, I agree with that. It's not on Dak. Did he have the final throw that he wanted to have? Of course not. Of course not. Um, not not going to blame Dak for this one. I cannot do it in good conscience. In good conscience, excuse me. But yeah, I, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised I'm pretty much ignoring the Dak Prescott debate now. I feel like everyone is so entrenched into what they think that you can show somebody the tape, you can show somebody the numbers and the logic, and they're still going to be, well, why did he have that incomplete pass in the third quarter? Why did he? Come on, tell me. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much done with that debate. I've been for, like, over a couple of years. It's just... A, 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 an exhausting conversation for me at this point. I would much rather just talk smart football, and that's what I'll promise you we'll do here on primetime throughout the entire season. Dak needs to play defensive tackles as Toxic Tom. Yeah, maybe maybe if, if Dak plays DT and gets a tackle for loss, maybe the Cowboys win the game, right? Maybe if Dak not only throws the football, but actually goes into the end zone and insert, instead of calling for a flag, tries to catch the ball, maybe the result could have been different. Or maybe he should be out there putting some like tape, some scotch tape on Luke's Kuhnmaker's hands. Maybe. Now, that being said, I'm a little bit weirded out, by the way, that the offensive line thing happened. I think I saw a comment about this. I'm trying to find it. Uh, somebody said something about Chuma. Let me try to find it here. I'm oh man, I hate losing out on the comments. I actually should be starring them here and there. 
tricks right here says Chuma is horrible. And Chuma had looked solid at left guard and against good defensive tackles. Like the Giants have a good defensive line group and so do the Jets. So I get that this was sort of a last minute situation, at least seemingly so. But I was weirded out by why is Tyler the guard and not the tackle? Didn't we see a full season of Tyler Smith last year? Playing pretty damn well on the blind side. And didn't we see Chuma struggle at left tackle in training camp? That was kind of like the worry. I know he was going up against Micah. And I'm not going to judge him off of that only. So maybe I'm wrong with this. But I don't know. I would have guessed that Tyler was going to be the left tackle. And Chuma would take over at left guard. Maybe it has to do with it being a last-minute situation. And maybe they didn't want to move so many pieces around. And maybe Mike McCarthy was aiming for continuity. But I didn't like that decision. I liked it for one play where Tyler Smith pulled and just opened up a big run play for Tony Pollard with C.D. Lamb blocking on the boundary too. That was a great run play. Nothing to say about that one. But yeah, overall, I, I did wonder about that decision. I'm going to give the Cowboys the benefit of the doubt because it was such late notice. Or at least, again, seemingly so. Because Tyron was added to the injury report until Saturday. So I don't know what that was about exactly. But something to wonder about, especially if moving forward, one of these injuries remains an issue. But we'll see. Now, going through the numbers here really quickly and some of your comments. Pollard's numbers are weird. 23 rushing attempts, 122 yards. 5.3 5.3 in average. Felt like sometimes the Cowboys run game was just not going at all, which is weird. And I think that has to do with the lack of explosives. Here are the 10. This is actually, let me see if this is for the first half. Now, this is for the full game. All right. This is for the full game. And these are the longest plays for the Cowboys. Out of the top 10, One is a rushing attempt, and it's Pollard's 31 rush uh, in the third quarter. 31 yards, 545 remaining in the third quarter. Other than that, no explosives in the run game beyond Prescott's 13-yard scramble, which was pretty amazing to get the Cowboys deeper in the red zone. That was a pretty good play from him. So... I like the Cowboys' methodical approach in some sense. Like, I like those drives where they are really marching down the field and not pushing it a whole lot, just taking what the defense gives them, earning the yards after the catch. But the Cowboys need explosives. They need them. And I think that they are struggling to get to them. So we'll see what that looks like moving forward. I will say I tweeted about this before the game. Cowboys in the first couple of weeks were 21st in efficiency, talking about EPA per play here on early downs. And I was like, okay, that is noteworthy. However, that is noteworthy. However, 
I'm going to give them a pass because of the game script situation. But now you needed the explosives, and the Cowboys were still overly conservative on second down specifically. So, oh, I'm a little bit frustrated and worried about that one in specific. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I guess we should leave with a couple of good notes. So let me ask you in the chat, who is your high note of the day? Let me know in the chat. Who is your high note of the game? Because there are some. It was a terrible game overall. But I can come up with a couple, if not a few, good moments of the game. So let's see some of your answers here. Lance with an interesting one. I like this one from Lance. He says, Hunter Lipke. Hunter Lipke, statistically speaking, not a whole lot to say. Nine-yard rush and nine-yard catch. Uh, 12-yard catch, excuse me. But he, he had a good game. Like, he was notable as a blocker. He was out there getting dirty. He was out there making plays. Want to see more from Hunter Lipke moving forward? I'll agree that's a good note. Gilbert says Rico Dowdle. Rico had the screen pass touchdown which in which he did a fantastic job. And then he had the nine-yard game where he was like, Duking every Cardinals defender and doing his thing, having some fun. So I agree with Rico as well here. This is the one that I was going to bring up. Jason says Aubrey, kicker for Gregory. This one's one of the two that I was going to bring up. I agree with uh, Brandon Aubrey. We had seen him kick a 55-yarder. We had seen him do more consistent stuff. But... We had not seen him in a high-pressure scenario where you're down, 49-yard field goal, got to have it because they are trusting you, and he nailed it. So that is going to be my positive. He also had the 27-yarder and the 26-yarder. So he's, he's getting into a very solid rhythm right now. And last but not least, I'm going to say Michael Gallup. I don't know if when we get to the old 22, if we're going to see some down plays from him. But damn, he looked good. He had a very, very good game, in my opinion. Michael Gallup did. Uh, I know the Toxic Tom also mentioned him. He's right here in the graphic, too. Gallup had seven targets, six catches, most in the team, and 92 yards. But it's not only that, it's the fact that he had the yards after the catch. So he was forcing missed tackles, moving the chains, and then he also had the contested catch. So it was a little bit of bean tatch Michael Gallup. And it's like, can we get more of that guy moving forward? Because if the Cowboys can get more of that, then this trio of wideouts can be what the Cowboys wanted it to be. And maybe it wasn't in full display today, and, you know, Cooks is coming back from injury. Again, Dak is playing behind three backup linemen, which also matters. So if, if this is the Michael Gallup that we're going to get over the next few weeks and the rest of the season, then this offense might be even better overall. Still need to clean up the red zone and all of the issues that we talked about. But just saying, Gallup being old school Gallup could be huge for Dallas. So that was a positive 
And man, I guess if I could say another, I think that Jordan Lewis had a good game. Mike, of course, had a good game. I know that Mike is not going to get a whole lot of love this week, but maybe it's because of the stat sheet. But he's still as disruptive as ever. He's doing his thing, so good for that. Anyways, later on the week, I think we're going to dive into the red zone stuff. We're going to talk about that a little bit. We're going to talk about some of the issues surrounding the team and how did the Cowboys shake this off and just move forward and have the season that we wanted them to have. Tough loss, unexpected loss. You're 2-1 and one where we were looking at a 4-0 potentially entering the big 49ers game. But man, that 49ers team can run the football. Maybe there is something to be said about the coin toss. Maybe maybe the Cowboys are better off receiving when they win the coin toss. Maybe. Uh, statistically, that is not the case overall at a league level. But I wonder if Dallas is just at a point where let's try to get the pass rush going as early as we can. And maybe you try to do that by getting that early score and getting that early lead like the Cowboys did versus the Jets. I wonder if that strategy will keep changing as the season goes on because they won the coin toss today and they decided to defer. So we'll see. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight. I know it was a rough Sunday, but the season is young. It's just week three, two and one. The Cowboys are still in it. Hey, it's the NFL. It's a tough league to win games in. Not what we expected, not what we wanted, but the Cowboys are still in it, and we'll see how they respond next Sunday. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Do me a favor and hit the like button for me. Check out the website over at adcsports.com slash Dallas for my game recap and, of course, for more content throughout the entire week. Thank you so much. I also had an article, I'm just going to say this, talking with a former NFL scout about the controversy surrounding Trevon Dix's one-on-one drill where he got hurt. So check that out. And I'll see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. Bye-bye.